This is the Newsroom Podcast. I'm Jason Collington, editor of the Tulsa World. I'm joined today by Grace Wood, our scene writer, and Bill Haston, our sports columnist, who also fancies himself as a music guy, uh, who uh, we, had to, we had a tough assignment, guys. We decided to go out, listen to some of the best local music in Tulsa, and report on it. And the latest issue of Tulsa World Magazine found at uh, 100 locations across Tulsa, and also at TulsaWorldMagazine.com. Uh, we had this idea just a little bit ago uh, to go out and profile some of the bands. And uh, it took us a little bit longer because Jason couldn't finish his assignment. Uh, we also had in the, in the well, Grace, you had a couple bands that broke up in the middle of our reporting. Uh, oh. So we had to kind of replace one or two uh, bands that we had picked out. Um, I've only gotten uh, some some blowback about uh, a couple bands that we missed, uh, but what we tried to do is we tried to say here are the 18 bands uh, that are bringing the crowds, that are some of the best musicians in town, and what are the venues that are where they are playing. And guys, I don't know about you, but I have received tons of great feedback. Um, I dropped off three stacks of these magazines at Maggie's. Uh, one of the venues that we featured, and uh, they were going fast. And all of the bands have 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 linked to our our series on their social media. Uh, gotten some very nice notes from a number of them, um, and I'm just really happy about it. The the, the cover story uh, is called "Sound City: Meet Tul the Tulsa Musicians Defining This Era of Live Music." Uh, Bill, you've been in Tulsa longer than I have, and longer than Grace has. Uh, I want you to kind of start about what you think, because you've been a person who's in tune with music, how do you compare this era of live music in Tulsa to years past? Well, so that I can explain my qualifications, my dad was a band leader and a musician, could play anything with strings. My mother's a piano player. My brother's a keyboard player. I'm a guitar player. Uh, so I moved here from Houston and I thought, well, crap, I'll never cover boxing again, which is wrong. There's great boxing here. And I'll, I won't have near the music scene uh, that I had in Texas. Right. And for I would say through the 90s, that was correct, Jason, but through no fault of the of the artists. But there were fewer options on really quality venues. You know what I mean? Yep. It was just like yep. a bar and they'd say, all right, you guys so stick them in the corner and make the best of it. Here's an electrical outlet. Here's eight feet of space for you. Now do your best. And, right. and like places like Maggie's and others are really designed uh, with the intent of presenting live music, not just having it as something as background clutter, but Correct. Really performance Correct. venues. And so uh, I, I don't, I, I mean, there were great artists in this town uh, in the nineties for sure. But with regard the, the biggest stride, I think that's been made is where you can go to hear these artists. Uh, yeah. and that's, you and I had the <clears throat> conversation that was the genesis of all of this at Maggie's. Yep. Uh, yep. like exactly well, actually uh, the thing, it was March of 22 and it all led to this. Yeah. But, Wednesday night, you and I were both at Maggie's and, uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was Absolutely. it was rocking on a Wednesday night. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and and because of these great venues around town, and you know, and with all due respect, I mean, you got great places to listen to music at the casinos as well. But it's absolutely like like Maggie's and all of the places Grace profiled and I wrote about, and uh, even uh, even an old school place like uh, Lenny's, which has changed locations, Jason, like a half a dozen times. They've got it right now. They have a real stage and a real. Uh, a, attractive place for these artists so uh, I think it's the I think it's the perfect storm of great artistry and great places to present these artists and so yeah I mean Tulsa for a mid-sized market uh, I, I can't I can't imagine there are uh, there's any comparably populated market in the country with better music than Tulsa and Grace you grew up here too you, you, you've been here uh, a long time in, in your lifetime and uh what what was your when when this assignment came out when we when we talked about doing this and we brought you on uh, to help kind of go to these shows and talk to these bands uh, what was your kind of your uh, your thought going into the assignment and then what did you learn from it? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. I think I was super excited to get the assignment because writing about music is something that I've kind of always wanted to do. So I was just really ready to jump into this and. I think kind of as like maybe the representing the younger end of the group, like I could, um, I don't know. I just felt like maybe I could bring like a different perspective and get to interview some bands that maybe nobody had heard of yet, or maybe that we hadn't covered extensively. Like for example, like heard about a rapper, Steph Simon. And I feel like the Tulsa rap scene isn't something that's covered a lot in media or right. in journalism. So it was really cool to kind of just learn more about that and explore. And yeah, what I found is that we really have just a thriving music scene here, um, like Bill was saying. And um, even though Tulsa is smaller than a major city like New York or LA, there's no shortage of talented artists. And they're really out here performing every week and just grinding and supporting each other too, which is really cool to see. So yeah, super happy with this assignment. It was really cool. I think that uh, I need to definitely give some credit to uh, Ian Mall and to Daniel uh, Schuler, our two staff photographers who uh, collaborated, collaborated with us on this project. They got to do some night assignments at some of the shows uh maggie's is just made for magazines uh it's just the way that it's decorated and lit uh but also there were some great shots that they got from you know at some of the other venues uh some of the smaller ones uh that just have a, a hometown crowd uh and again sunday through friday sunday through saturday in this town there is something every night um and uh one of the things that I loved, one of the things that, again, reading about some of this, you got Wanda Watson, which, again, Bill wrote that story about her and her story of, uh, uh, and then you also had Rocket Science, which was a light addition to the lineup. Um, loved what we found out about Seth Lee Jones. Um, you mentioned Steph Simon. I mean, this is a guy that's been in Rolling Stone a couple times uh, and has a national scene that a lot of guys locally don't even know. They would walk right by him and not even know where he kind of is. Um, I may, I, I interviewed Jacob Tovar. He was the band that was playing in one of the episodes of reservation, uh, reservation dogs, um, and talked about how he got that gig. Um, the Barrett Lewis band, which again, has some old veterans of the music scene in town. Uh, Barrett's the youngest guy in his, and Barrett and Bo 
are the youngest guys in that band, but those are guys that have been around for a long time. Rick Husky, the drummer for the Barrett Lewis band, owns the building that Maggie's is in. He also owns the the uh, the Grand Lake um, uh, studio that Leon Russell used to own. Um, just just someone uh, just someone who's just influential. Um, I got a chance to go to the Charlie Red uh, sold out show when he was doing his little video on Tulsa and had that show sold out. And then Kevin Smith, the owner of Maggie said, that's one of the best nights they've had in Maggie's history. Uh, when he played, uh, Bill, one of yours that really popped out and we did a digital cover of them was Jake and the idols. Uh, give people at home an idea of what a show like, like that is like. Well, it's so funny because the first live music experience I had after the shutdown was, um, early fall 2020, and I get a text from a friend, and he says, uh, I'm at this place down the street, the Stumbling Monkey, uh, which is at 91st and Yale, and they have this amazing patio. Have you been there, Grace? Oh, yeah. I've been oh, there, yeah. If you, okay, so you know about the back, the I almost call it backyard, the patio area in the back. <laughs> so, uh, he says, don't even ask questions. Just, again, I live nearby, so he said, just get here. You won't believe this band. And I get out of the truck and I can hear the band and, and I'm like, okay, good, good first impression. And, but it was my introduction to Jake and the idols, which at the time was a quartet. Now they've added a, oh my gosh, uh, his name's Baxter. They call him Papa Bax. He's like 75 <laughs> and he's a keyboard player. He's such a badass keyboard player. Uh, so it's a five piece band now, but like you don't have to be of a certain age, but if you if you love that era of music, let's just draw the line at 1968 to for about 30 years forward. If yeah, you like the yeah. Brothers, and if you like the Stones, and if you like you know, and they'll play some dance stuff too. But uh, it depends on kind of the audience. But uh, Jake is 23, and the other members of the band are like for the most part at or beyond 70, 70. Yeah. So the idols are in their seventies. Uh, but no, it's, it's basically, it's like, like if you have a classic rock or combined with blues playlist in your phone and you just hit shuffle, that's a Jake show. Is yeah. It's yeah. beautifully done. And Jake himself is a, is a virtuoso uh, on the guitar. And, and I mean, so uh, yeah, but they, they were, they were a band I was introduced to three, but it's so funny though, Jason, most of these artists I profiled when I have heard them over the years, I always go up and introduce myself and just say, Hey yep. man, really good. And like Seth Lee Jones, I heard him, uh, for the first time I walk at, I walk in, he's playing this old obscure dire Straits song, right? Not a hit, but a, a good dire Straits song. I'm like, nobody plays that. And within five minutes, I was like, yeah, this guy's a freak. This guy is gifted beyond, he's beyond talented. He's gifted. He, well, man. see, I, I had that same experience with Barrett Lewis. He's yes. playing Sarah from, uh, was it Hall & Oates? Oh, Sarah Smile? Yeah. His, yeah. his version of that, Just I was just like, I didn't even know what song it was. And I was like, wait a second, that's Hall & Oates. Yeah. And it's the most bluesiest, yeah. soulful rendition of that he does some john mayer that is just ridiculous that's better than john mayer if i can say that without getting hit you can um, and and again uh but one of your artists grace uh was our was our cover band uh if you will it, they're a they're not a cover band but they were the cover 
the band that was on the cover of our magazine, yeah. Count Tutu. Uh, tell me, I've been to a couple of Fashler shows with when they were there. Uh, tell me what tell me what it's like to be in the audience of of a Count Tutu show. Oh my gosh! If I had to pick one word, it would just be exciting. Um, I remember the first time it was a friend of mine. He was like, "Come to the colony. Count Tutu is playing," and I was like, "Who is Count Tutu? Like, what an interesting name!" And then I. I came and I saw them and I, they were just larger than life. Like they are form yeah. is just amazing. I think they're an eight or nine piece band. I can't remember exactly, but they've just got some of Tulsa's best um, instrumentalists, um, horn players, um, bass players, guitar players, um, just all that good stuff. And then um, their vocalist, Brand J. Jackson, who's on the cover of the magazine is just you can't so take talented. her eyes. You can't take her. You can't take your eyes off her. You can't. She's captivating, captivating for sure. Yeah. She she brings the amazing vocals, but her just choreography and the way she engages with the audience, like she's just a star. So <laughs> they're an amazing band to see, and I recommend if you ever get a chance to go see them, you should absolutely when take I, it. When I saw her photo uh, before this was all designed, but when I was just going through the photos and I saw that photo, I said, there's our cover right there. Well, well, I didn't know it would be selected, but I thought that should be the cover. Well, that, that was, it was an interesting conversation. Tim Chamberlain, our presentation editor here at the Tulsa World, does our covers of the magazine. And Nicole uh, Marshall uh, and Stacy Dickens, the editors of the magazine, were, were going through the photos and talking to Daniel, talking to Ian. Uh, and there are a couple of Ians that I was like, oh, I, I, I kinda, I'm kind of feeling this. But, you know, it's after Tim puts the words on and the space scene and the, right. you know, all the stuff. And Tim threw out that one and it was Nicole and I, I, I remember putting my arms up just like, okay, that's it. We're done. Yeah. We're done here. Uh, unbelievable. But again, what I like, and to your point, Grace, what I like is that there is a atmosphere at her shows. And I thought that picture perfectly captured what she does, uh, what, what kind of happens in that. Uh, again, Fassler has been a great place to watch shows for a while. Uh, but I mean, there was standing room only, and that's some of the shows that we've been to, right. To cover this standing room only shows of people who are just ridiculously talented. Uh, we could have done 25 bands. I mean, we could have, we could have, we could have loaded this thing up. Um, but well, also it, go ahead, I, I hope we do. I hope we do another one next year. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is a, this is an annual thing going forward. Absolutely. This is something because, again, the reaction we've gotten from this, the traction we've gotten from this, the web traffic we've gotten, this is telling me not only is this relevant, but like the intro that we that we wrote, the you know this is one of Tulsa's most natural resources and has been for a while. Um, I love the quiz. We got a little music quiz. Now, I'll admit I did not do very well on the music quiz. I'm not good with dates and numbers, uh, but we've got we've got roots in this town uh with with everyone from Eric Clapton to Leon Russell to you know Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys um Roy Clark we've got country we've got rock uh, we got blues that are grounded here um and now we have so many musical things right we, we're not just we don't just have a live music scene we've got the Bob Dylan archive we've got the okay pop that hopefully is going to open soon we've got Woody Guthrie who turned the ground around for all of us uh, when it came to to folk music. 
Um, uh, Grace, one of your artists, Lex, she was one of the youngest bands that we, youngest artists that we featured. Um, what, why did you pick, what, again, we kind of collaborated and said, who are the biggest bands? What are, who bring in the biggest things, but also who are the most interesting stories? What, why Grace do you think she made the, our list? Um, well, when I was kind of gathering who I wanted to write about for this story, I really wanted to hear from people in Tulsa's music industry, like who they thought should be highlighted. So I went to Mercury Lounge's former owner, Bobby Dean Orcutt, and I went because Mercury Lounge just books such a wide variety of music acts. I was like, he's going to know what's going on. He yep. has a good pulse on the music scene. So I just DM'd him on Instagram and I was like, hey, Bobby, <laughs> who are some artists that you think should be highlighted? And he was like, absolutely, Lex. She's amazing. And then I went and saw her perform at, I think it was The Colony, and I was just blown away by her voice and just how young she was and how talented she is. It's really amazing to see. And I think, I don't know, when you write a music story about Tulsa, it can be easy to focus on more of the rock side or more of the country side. So I think highlighting someone who is doing more of the pop thing is cool. So I really wanted to talk to her and she was just really, really great to talk to and super talented. So. Plus she, she fits the spirit, I think, of this issue because she's from here. She's yeah. from, uh, I forgot, where did you? Uh, Owasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it was he was a great fit in this in this. And the, the funny story that I wasn't able to get into the issue, but we might do it next year, is that David Cook, who was not even the lead singer of a band in Tulsa, wins American Idol. <laughs> right. I mean, the guy that everyone knew know, knew in Tulsa as Cookie uh was was not even not even in on the front of the stage. And he wins American Idol by a landslide. I mean, it was even he just just creamed the competition that year. Uh, and yes, I watch American Idol sometimes. And but again, he was so mega talented, and he wasn't even the front man of a band here. Uh, uh, the last show that Carrie Underwood, another American Idol, this again, this goes to Oklahoma's talent. The last show that uh, Carrie Underwood played in Oklahoma before she won American Idol. The Okra Festival, yeah, in Western Oklahoma. I mean, I'm telling you, that is who Carrie Underwood was playing the Okra Festival before <laughs> she became one of the biggest stars in the last 20 years. Um, that goes to again this this kind of thing, Bill. When you're kind of looking back, and I've kind of gone back and read some of the stories, um, someone who hasn't picked up the issue yet. What what do you what what kind of do you what sticks with you about this issue and about the work we did? Well, I mean, I like that we've set the precedent now to do something, uh, if not annually, regularly on local music, because we kind of got away from it. But I mean, it's not that we'd made the decision to get away from it. We just hadn't done it. Anymore. And okay. but that that night that I saw you at the Barrett Lewis show and we just started talking and it just made so much sense. I think you even that night said we should, well, we didn't talk about the magazine as such, but you said we should do a package on this. And I said, mm -hmm. let's go. And, and again, uh, the magazine was perfect because the, it did the pictures, right. It did the design, right. I mean, th this, this, this kind of music issue was made for the magazine. Uh, but there's so much you can do though. Uh, like the next time we do this, uh, with regard to the history, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. History of Tulsa music. Uh, 
catch up with some of the like legendary figures. Uh, well, and then get maybe maybe uh, ring up old John Woolley, uh, who used to be a longtime music writer for the Tulsa World, who wrote about the Tulsa Sound, pretty much the series on the Tulsa Sound, which still shows up on our traffic reports. By the way, it's still clicked on to this day. Um, there's all there's all the Tulsa Sound era we didn't even touch on. Uh, I heard from John Woolley, by the way. So I mean, this thing has a good reach. This magazine has reached people because I hadn't heard John Woolley in a long time, and yeah. uh, so I heard from John. And but yeah, I mean, um, I hope we do it again, and I hope we uh, profile artists like we've done this time. Maybe you know, in the same yeah. manner, but 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 just. Grow, uh, you know, build on what we've started here because I, I, I have gotten just like Grace and just like you, Jason, I've gotten immediate positive feedback, uh, not only from the people I profiled, but um, readers. So, yeah, and, and I think one of the things I, I interviewed Kevin uh, Smith, him, is, him and his wife Amy have been booking shows in Tulsa uh, going on 20 years, and they own Maggie's. And again, hit from his perspective, he is getting phone calls all the time. He, I mean, he's got that stage lit up seven nights a week. And the, he is, as we announced in the, in the magazine, he's going to be introducing a matinee show on Saturdays because he's getting so many phone calls of so many young kids. Uh, and I just, I, I go instantly when he said, I get so many kids calling and, and Jason, they're sending in me, they're sending videos and they're great. I go back to Bayfest, those three little brothers uh, not too long ago that were, did their, one of their first shows, the Hanson brothers, and just knowing that that's another band that's still rooted in this town, that still lives in this town, that still, that still tours internationally. Um, and check this out, check this out, Jason. So, uh, uh, I want to say 97, maybe 96, uh, I was covering an Oral Roberts basketball game. I know Bill Self was still the coach there and I arrived about an hour before tip. And in the media workroom, they always have maybe uh, six or eight Mazio's pizzas, right, for media or whoever, game management people, whatever. And I walk in there, and there's these three little blonde-haired kids just chowing on that pizza. And I'm like, who brought their kids? <laughs> it was Hanson. They performed at halftime. They had a little uh, mobile stage. They rolled out to the logo on the court. And I just thought, what is this going to be like? Like some cringe-worthy uh, kid act. And they just killed. They were great. Like, oh well, here, here's a Hanson trivia for you. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the shirt? Who is on the shirt that Carrie Bradshaw is wearing in episode three of the first season of Sex in the City? Hanson. Wow. She's wearing a Hanson shirt in the third episode of Sex in the City, walking around New York City in a Hanson shirt. So there's your, there's some, there's your little. Uh, but I, I wanted that one to be one of the quiz questions that we had on our music quiz. We'll get that in next time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hey, Grace, uh, what what do you? If someone hasn't picked up the magazine yet or hasn't gone through this, what do you think? What's a reason that they need to pick it up for? Mm, I think yeah, just kind of getting a better sense of the vibrant music scene that we have here, and hopefully, it just encourages people to go out and see these bands who are grinding seven days a week and support some of these venues who are working really hard to promote these artists as well. Um, yeah, we just have an amazing scene here and we have 
these great talented artists who are also all supporting each other like it's just such a cool community I think that's one it of the is. biggest things I've discovered from this this story is you know there are a lot of bands that we covered here where people in the bands play in like two or three other bands and they all support each other so yeah I think yeah we should keep supporting them and I hope that's what people take away from this yeah Jacob said that whenever he goes to a show he ends, usually ends up on stage because that's the community Dude, get up on stage, play, play, play a song or two. And I love that. I know at Wanda Watson shows, someone will come in and just show up and they're like, hey, man, come on. And, and that's just kind of like that. It's nice to have that community when there's so many, so many things going wrong in the world. It's nice to be able to sit back on a show uh, and see that kind of collaboration and that kind of friendship. Because that's really what Cassie, uh, who I interviewed, she talked about how everyone's to everybody and, and her video her latest video, she's sitting there high-fiving 20 or 30 different artists on her way to the Mercury Lounge stage in her latest video. And so she's just, it's this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. And it's just amazing how they don't, they, they don't want it for themselves. They want it for everybody else. And she'll be out on tour. Uh, she's doing regional tours and she's trying to make a thing of this thing too. Um, so again, these people not are not just performing in Tulsa, they're performing all over the place. Last time I went to the Mercury Lounge, I was there to see Pilgrim, and then uh, uh, John Fulbright and his wife walked in just to, you know, to watch the show. And John Fulbright went in, s sat in with the band, and did about four songs. And so to speak to you know the community yeah. and the symmetry with all these artists. I mean, and that was the that was the first time in like six years I had heard John Fulbright perform. So I got to hear a little taste of this album that he released a few months ago, which I'm not kidding. It's, if not my favorite album of 2022, it's one of the three or four for sure. Um, so, you know, and you know, my fantasy, Jason, I told you is I would love to see whether it's at that, uh, the outdoor stage at Maggie's or a, maybe even a larger venue, but I would love to see us put our brand. Oh, absolutely. On a show. Yeah. And have a lot of these artists that we've, you know, presented in the magazine uh, and just do a festival. And, and well, Grace might not remember this. Music. Yeah, well, Grace might not remember this, but there was a time when we we hosted an annual music show, music okay. award show, the Spotniks, uh, back when our we had a weekly uh, entertainment magazine called Spot. Uh, and we handed out awards and, and had a big show at uh, what is now the Tulsa Theater um and spotlighted and and again heck we had three music writers at one time uh covering all the music scene in this town um so that is crazy true wow we did we did <laughs> we did, we did. It, it said well we will do this again this was fun uh it was great to collaborate with you guys uh we will do this again and again i think uh, you know, you know, for Bill, who's a sports columnist and, and, and Grace, who's, who, who writes in, you know, uh, for arts and entertainment for us in our scene section, it was kind of a different assignment to try, uh, to get out there, meet some new people, but you're right. We've got so many more bands we can profile. Uh, and so we'll start working on the next list and, uh, come back to you, uh, next year with that next magazine. Cause again, it slid into the schedule really nice on the magazine schedule. The Tulsa world magazine comes out four times a year uh once every two once every three months and we've got a um we're gonna have the tulsa 50 which is our 50 cool things to do uh eat go uh that that's the, the cover story of our next magazine uh that comes out in june june 
And um, so, guys, thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, this assignment. And uh, let's do it again soon. Thank you all.